Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. be an amazing series. We're beginning a new series called Here With Us, um, introducing the Christmas scene. It's absolutely amazing. I want to take you on a little bit of a journey this morning, on a little bit of a story. So we're not going to be very long. This is going to be a quick message. And um, that's my promise to you because it's warm, isn't it? Who's warm? Huh? And uh, But wasn't that so beautiful, the baby dedication? So great to have your family in church with us. Um, just wonderful. It's nothing greater than looking at your kids and your grandkids being raised in the house of God when you're a first-generation Christian. That's why he cries every time. Because it's like, I can't believe God is doing this, that here we were, we were lost, we got found, and now three generations of us are in church, and our mum and dad got saved, and his dad got saved recently in church at 80-something years of age, because he always lies about it. You never know. 89, I think he is. He got saved. It's amazing. God's amazing. You know, this is an incredible time of year, and, you know, most of us, anybody, anybody been down to Westfield's Erin Affair yet? Have you braved the parking, the shops, the craziness. We went down there yesterday and it was incredible. There was three Santas in these big fat blow-up suits and they had this like sort of music and they were going around, just these three Santas just dancing. It just was so, so much joy. I love Christmas. I can't help myself. I just love it. But just imagine that you're in, you know, Westfield's Tugram. It's a Saturday and the place is packed with people. I'm, I want you to use your imagination right now. You ready? Tune your imagination. You're in Westfields or Erin Affair if you live over that way. The place is packed out. It's a Saturday. And everybody has the same idea as you. They want to get their Christmas shopping done. And you're getting your Christmas shopping done. And so far, you're doing good. Okay, you've already got the DVD of the frozen sing-along for your granddaughter. Don't tell Joey that's what I'm getting. And then you've already got, you know, the perfume for your mum. Hint, hint. And, and now you're on your way to the jewellery shop to pick something out, maybe a watch for your dad, other hint. And right next to you, all of a sudden... The place just explodes with music. Now, I'm not talking about that there's some music playing through the speakers and there's someone behind you that's humming Silent Night because they're embarrassed. I'm talking about there's a guy with a pram right next to you pushing his baby and he bursts into the tenor part of Handel's Messiah. And then you turn around and up in the mezzanine level, there's a couple of women with shopping bags who are singing the soprano part as loud as they can out over the shopping centre. And then all around you, people begin to sing, and this wall of music 
just begins to hit you. Can you imagine that? Have you got it? If you haven't, just have a look at the screen and I've, I've uh, prepared a little, a little um, video for you. It's a normal Saturday. It's just a normal Saturday. People are doing normal things. They're in a normal frame of mind. But all of a sudden, a shopping centre is changed into a church. Normal shoppers are changed into worshippers. And there's only two groups of people there. Those that are singing and those that get caught up in the singing. A normal place, normal circumstances became a Christmas celebration because people changed the atmosphere through who they were and what they did. It's amazing.
what happened in that shopping center is really nothing compared to what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to the earth in a manger. It's, it's, like, it's just like a tiny representation of what happened at that moment. Here's how Luke described it, Luke 2, 1 to 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So they all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, we know that after this, we know that after this event, that after Jesus was born, that there were amazing things that happened. We know that angels appeared to shepherds in a field. We know that there was a star in the sky that everyone could see that announced his birth. We know that wise men came and bought him gifts. But before that point, before that moment, in the leading up to his birth, it was a very, very normal situation. In fact, it was dripping with normalcy. It was, it was so normal. These were just normal people. These are just average people going about life the way that we go about life. It was a normal setting. It could have been just a day at Westfields. A regular couple, Mary and Joseph, covered in road dust, smelling like donkey, arrive in a simple town of Bethlehem, facing common problems that we all face. A government census, a crowded hotel, no place to stay. And finally, they end up in a common stable. The story of the birth of Jesus begins in commonness. It begins normal. This isn't King Joseph or Queen Mary. They don't have tax exemption. They get no special exceptions. Even though Mary has God in her belly, they get no special treatment. She is so normal. Joseph is so normal. And I love the way Max Licardo puts it. And I'll quote him right now. This isn't Joseph and Mary from the Bible. This is Norm and Norma of normal Nazareth. Normal has calluses like the calluses on Joseph's hands. Norma has stretch marks like Mary. They're just normal. There's no one waving banners. They don't have servants. They're just normal. Norma sings off key. Normal has to get to work early the next morning. Norma has so much to do and the washing is piling up back at home. Normal has a cranky boss. 
who wants to take him on one more trip just before Christmas. Norm and Norma have learned the life of being normal and consequently, they don't expect any special treatment. They have even heard with Joseph and Mary when they arrived at the end, they've heard these words. You know, we're just a little too crowded. You know, we, we really don't have room for you here. Maybe you've heard that statement too. You know, we, we, don't, have, we don't have room for you. Oh, I'm sorry, we just don't have a job for you. I'm sorry, we just don't have time for you. Behind those words, there's this this understanding. Behind the words is an understanding that seeps through those words. It says, it's just because you're so normal. You're just so normal. We live in a place right now on earth as Christians between royalty and commonness. That's why we love the story of Christmas. That's why we love the story of the birth of Jesus. Because if Jesus chose a normal setting, normal people through which to be born, dare we think, dare we dream, dare we even assume that he might just do it again? Dare we even imagine that he might just do it again. What if Jesus had come in pomp and ceremony? I mean, you can just imagine it. I mean, God of all heaven, how much pomp and ceremony could he have pulled out? We think Hollywood is great and rolling out the red carpet and walking down the red carpet and taking photos. You can imagine if he he did that, if he made Bethlehem look like Hollywood with all the lights and cameras and action and the angels came down and Mary's walking up the red carpet. Here she comes and the angels are interviewing Mary. What's it going to be like to give birth to the king of all the earth? You know, a big pomp and ceremony. What, what if it happened like that? What if the angels were blowing trumpets and, you know, everybody was watching it on TV and had it on their iPhones and it was the, the greatest news ever? Had Jesus arrived in pomp and ceremony, we'd be reading the story and say, what a wonderful way to enter the world. We'd be in awe. But since Jesus chose to enter the world cloaked in commonness, we commoners can read the story and think, might he be willing to do it again? Might he? Might he be willing to do it again through us, in us? Mighty? You know, John 1, 1 to 3 shows us the way that John describes it. We've heard the way Luke describes it. Luke comes in at ground level. Here's Mary and Joseph, you know, tromping their way into, into Bethlehem on a donkey. He comes in at ground level. But Luke, he takes us to the heaven perspective of it. Look what Luke says. In John 1, 1 to 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made 
that was made. Nothing was made that was made. And then in verse 14, it says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John begins the gospel in the same way the writer of Genesis began the Bible, with the same words, in the beginning. Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus was in the beginning was the word. Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus was there. This baby that's in Mary's arms was the Jesus that was in the beginning. And then John says this in 1.3, all things were made through him. I love that because it doesn't say all things were made by him. Because if it said all things were made by him, then he would have had to have things that he would assemble and put together from things that were already existent. But it says all things were made through him. And when something is made through him, when things are made through him, it suggests that he took something that was nothing. He took something that was nothing. He took something that was common. He took something that was nothing. He took something that was nothing and he made it into something. He became the very force by which he called forth something out of nothing. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. And I'll just go to the second part of it. And it says, And one Lord Jesus Christ, whom are all things, and through him we live. Through him we live. So here's the picture of Jesus, who was in the beginning and who all things were created through. And then John says, he goes on to say in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. God became one of us. He became one of us. Remember the promise of the angel in Matthew 1.23. It says, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Imanu in Hebrew means with us. And El is the abbreviated name for Elohim, which is the name of God. So Jesus comes to us as the with us God. He is the with us God. Not the near us God, nor the around us God, but the with us God. Jesus comes as the with us God. Think about this for a moment. The artist became a paint drop on his own canvas. Sealer. Pause and think on that. Powerful. The potter became mud on his own wheel. God became a fetus and placed himself in the most normal of circumstances in the womb of a woman. 
He then descended through the birth canal into the calloused hands of a Jewish carpenter. Because we have to understand how important this is, how important the revelation of this is. Because if God would become flesh and dwell among them, Mary and Joseph dwell among them, then would it not be possible, would it not be okay for us to think, even to dream, even to imagine, that he might do it again, that, that even now, even this Christmas, even now in your life amongst your friends, even now at your family gathering this December, that he might do it again even now. And not for a moment, not for a moment hearing all this that you should think that you're too normal that you're too ordinary, that you're too common to miss out on the presence of God. God has not chosen to limit his presence to the saints and the stained glass windows. But God has chosen to come amongst normal people who are just crazy enough to believe that he will. Amen. You know, when I was pregnant with my four daughters, we would always go and have an ultrasound. And back in those days, I know the ultrasounds that I've seen Jilly have now, they're like 3D. It's incredible. You just see everything. It's amazing. But back in our days, it was pretty hard to distinguish what was on that screen. It, you know, it was just like, it looked like an alien, Phil says. Is that my baby? It looks like an alien. But there would just be like this sort of mess on the screen. And the, and the radiologist would, or the ultrasound specialist would stand there and say, now that's the head there, and there's the hands, and there's the legs. Oh, look, it's kicking. And we're going, really? You know, it was just really hard to see. But you weren't interested in all the stuff. The only words you wanted to hear at the end of that ultrasound were these words, Everything is normal. It's all normal. It's all you wanted to hear. And I can imagine if Mary and Joseph would have had this technology in their day. That's exactly what they would have said to Mary and Joseph. Everything is normal. Because that's how God wanted this birth to be. Isn't that amazing? A normal baby is going to be born, but you will call him Emmanuel because wrapped in the commonness of normal is God. God is with us. He loves to come through normal people. He loves to come through normal circumstances. In fact, if you listen hard enough, you may just hear the music of the God is with us sound. Why would he do such a thing? Why would, why would God do such a thing? I mean, 
He must really, really, really think a lot of you. He must. He must really think that you are so special that God would do this. He, he must be in awe of you, that he would be willing to come into your world to look like you, to talk like you, to dress like you, to appear like you, to become flesh. So that one day you could go into his world and be like him. I have a, a bird cage in my backyard, an aviary, and it's full of little finches and, you know, little canaries. And Phil thinks I'm sort of weird, the way that I talk to them and the way I kind of know what they're feeling. And I go, oh, no, the mama's really sad today. Look at her because she lost a baby a few days ago. And now she's grieving the loss of her baby. He's going, Julie, they're birds, you know. And, and I'm just like talking to them. I feed them. I give them water every day. I love looking at them. The canaries, I love it when they sing and they do their dance for the male canary. The male canary does it for the girl and they show off. I love all that. And as much as I have a really good relationship with my birds, I don't think I've ever prayed a prayer, God, I want to become a canary. God, I want to become a finch. As much as I love watching them, relating to them, talking to them, feeding them, looking after them, I've never prayed, God, make me a canary, make me a finch. Because why would I leave my beautiful big house to confine myself to a cage? Why would I leave my beautiful sumptuous meals to go eat yucky bird seed and have a life, a short life expectancy? Why would I leave all that I have for that? But this is the picture that we need to have. God left it all. He left it all to come and live in your world, to be one of you, to connect with you because He loves you just that much. He just thinks you're so special that he left everything. God is with us. God is is with us. Say it. God is with us. God is with us. He is with you in your sickness. He is with you in your finances. He is with you in your fears. He's with you those nights when you wake up with your heart beating because of a bad dream. He's right there. He is with you. God is is with you. Those days when you're frustrated at the kids, God is with you. Those days when when you're aggravated at your boss, God is with you. The one who made the stars is with you. God is with you. When I say God is with you, I'm speaking present tense. Not God was with you. Not God will be with you. Not God would be with me 
if God is with you. When I say is with you, I'm speaking in present tense. And that means God is present. So don't be tense. Nobody got it? (laughs) You look real tense to me right now. God is present. So don't be tense. Can I have the team up, please? This Christmas, you can just relax. Put up your hand if you know Jesus in this room right now. You know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Are you carrying within your womb the Son of God, the King of Kings, the mighty God, Emmanuel? Are you carrying the God is with us inside of you? Does that mean that your song that comes out of your being, even when you're quiet, can change the atmosphere of a whole shopping center? Can change the atmosphere of your Christmas dinner with those difficult relatives? Does that mean that where you go, he goes? Does that mean that you are an atmosphere-changing being Because God is with us. Does that mean that in your normal life, in your commonness, in your ordinary everyday life, as an ordinary everyday person, that you can bring an explosion of sound wherever you go? Let me ask you a question this morning as I close. Are you normal? Why don't you ask the person next to you? Are you normal? Congratulations! You're normal. Congratulations! Come on, give yourself a clap. Clap the person next to you. Pat them on the back. Say congratulations for being normal. Congratulations for being common. Congratulations for being ordinary. Because that's where God looks for. An ordinary, normal, commonplace to display His glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.